Yo, what's up, <laughs> fancy chumps? This is your sick host, Layton, joined as always by the healthier of the bunch, Nate and John. Nate, you, you've had somebody close get COVID as well, so um, get, take us off, start us off. Ugh. Dang, I, this is probably the, the lowest energy Layton I've ever seen. To be completely honest, unless he's like up before like eight in the morning, then it's probably a little bit worse, and he's a little snappier. But this right. is this is close. I hope you're feeling well. I'm sorry that you're a little under the weather. I it seems like everybody that is in the circle has been contracting COVID or other illnesses. I guess it's also flu season now as well. But, um, it seems like everybody's just getting some kind of bug at this point. Yeah, I'm going to apologize in advance if I cough. I'll try to block it out, but uh, sorry. Well, I hope you're feeling well. Never better. John, how are you? Wonderful. Honestly, as we were sitting here in the past five minutes, I literally said out loud, I'm starting to get a little mucusy too. Oh. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Spreading. I think the Zoom call. I, I think that we shouldn't be allowed to work yeah. remotely anymore because the Zoom call yeah. is actually you can contract COVID. It's transmissible via wireline. I would love to study with that so I could argue me not working tomorrow. But it's okay. I'll just drag myself through the day, play some more retro ball, and we'll be all good. Hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> not not a sponsor. If, if you sick, if you're listening and you want to sponsor, let us know. Or um, if you haven't heard about it, all ball. over that, <laughs> and you want to lose two weeks of your life, go download it. Yeah, it's great when you're feeling bad because you don't feel like you have enough energy to sometimes to play Xbox. Even though I did, close to the Halo campaign, by the way. Anyway. It's also great for work poops. <laughs> it, that is probably where it comes in clutches. <laughs> Literally. Okay. So since it's – oh, I didn't even announce this. I'm sorry. I'm just – my head's bumming it. Um, this is probably going to be our last podcast for a little while. Um, this is championship week. Good luck, everybody, um, besides Jake Neff. And uh, – <laughs> It's a it's a personal vendetta, uh, and you know, don't you think they want him to win though? No, don't isn't then don't they always say you want to you want to lose to the champion? No, so I it's lost. like there's nothing you could have done. Like even if you would have lost to him, like yeah, you it's like, oh well, he won, won anyways. Dude. Yeah, like take him out, and you may have won the whole thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, you got second. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, I, I I think I might be beating Chase right now at points. Anyway. Um, no, I played Jake the first time in the regular season. Jonathan Taylor drops 50 on me. And I play him in the playoffs, and he, <laughs> over two weeks, he beats me by 100 points. So, no, I don't want him to win. Oh, um, so, since this is our last Just podcast this, for a this while, big, uh, <laughs> we're going to go with the first of the two. We have two questions of the podcast. The first one, John, why don't you take it away? 
Okay, so the first one is from me. Uh, <laughs> this is, I was just curious to see what you guys had to say about it. Who outside the top two, so the top two seeds currently in each conference has the best shot to win the Super Bowl? Leighton, uh, let's hear it from you first. Jake Knapp. Um, no, if, if I'm being honest, so the top two seeds are the Chiefs and Titans in the AFC. Um, obviously, I'd pick the Chiefs because we're awesome. And, but they're in the top two. And in the NFC, it is the Packers and somehow the Cowboys because they play in a weak division. Um, <coughs> sorry. Uh, I would pick uh, – I know you guys are going to pick them. So I'll pick the Colts in the AFC because they're hot. And then I'll pick the Rams in the NFC because I think they're the most talented. So, Nate, what do you think? Okay. Uh, so I was going to go with Bills for the AFC with the way that they're playing the last couple weeks. Um, I feel like they're outside of the Chiefs, probably the scariest team that could come out of the AFC just for what they're capable of. They have, they've been really streaky this season and have only shown it a handful of times. But, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, they're probably the team I would like to face the least – Considering what they did to us week six or whatever, that was pretty that was pretty humiliating. But um and then I would say the Bucks. It's kinda hard to who knows what's gonna happen with their injuries and with COVID. It seems like it's kinda wreaking havoc on that franchise at the moment. But if they make it to postseason January football, uh, they're always gonna be a team to watch. Fair enough. Um, so I think you guys like both have some truth to what you said for sure. I'm I'm gonna go with a dark horse because like yes. it's like to start the season, this was the team that everybody thought like had a really good chance to take off, take down the Bucks. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and say the Cardinals for the NFC. I know they played like garbage lately, but I think that honestly might be good. Like Cliff Kingsbury, like kind of has a reality check like he really hasn't proven much in the league and neither is Kyler so I think that that could be some extra added motivation it's not going to be an easy road in fact they would probably have the toughest road to the Super Bowl because the NFC is definitely much stronger than the AFC right now so they would have a really really tough path but I think they're capable of it if anybody is outside the top two um, and then in the AFC I actually like Cincinnati a lot. Um, Joe Burrow, I think he's going to develop into a really good quarterback in the NFL. Better than Justin Herbert. I, I think that's pretty close. What? At least he well, wins the division. Yeah, he wouldn't win it against Pat Mahomes anyway. So. Hey, I'm hearing his excuses. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think I like the, the dark horses. And, I mean – I wouldn't call the Rams. I guess I wouldn't call the Cardinals a dark horse. They've just lost pathetic games. But yeah, that's who I think. Awesome. Well, moving on. Let us know who you guys would choose before the playoffs start. Don't cheat. Uh, no cheats. No cheat. Uh, so who? My question is fantasy related. The other one. Who is your best and worst draft pick in our league this year? John, start us off, buddy. Oof. Uh, well, my worst peak, worst peak, 
worst pick without a doubt was Allen Robinson. Um, absolutely terrible garbage can. Um, <clears throat> so going into the season, like I even had my doubts about Allen Robinson, but it just kind of worked with how the players fell to me in the draft that it made sense to take him where I did. And like looking back on it, it was a terrible pick, but you know, I can live with it. It didn't work out. Probably wouldn't have mattered anyway in the crazy season that we've had. Um, and then I will go ahead and say that my best pick, I don't know. Arguably, it could be either one of these guys, but I'll go ahead and go with Jamar Chase because I think he ended up having the larger impact as far as like early wins that I got back into the playoff picture and then like Najee was a constant, but I got Jamar in like the eighth round. If I'm not mistaken, I jumped ahead of Nate actually to take him because Jamar and Devonta Smith were both sitting there and I had to jump. I actually traded picks with Layton. I'm pretty sure. You're welcome. And you took that pick. And then uh, the additional pick that you got was Jalen hurts. I'm pretty sure. Or it was, um, Tyler Higby is one of the two. I can't remember. You're just giving away my whole answer, John. Oh, well. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I'll jump in and give mine really quick since you already gave it away. My worst draft pick was Tyler Higby. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of podcasts and other places that are fantasy, that do fantasy content also, as well as me, thought he'd you know, with Jerob Everett gone, pick up some slack and just, like, maybe not be, like, a top three, but be, like, a top six tight end, maybe a lower end, but consistent, get touches. But none of that happened. So, it's not. but my best draft pick, thank you again, John, It's the one and only Jalen Hurts. Um, he is the greatest quarterback of all time in fantasy football. And <laughs> I called it from the beginning. I'm going to ride home into next year. And I'm going to talk about how he's going to get overdrafted next year. Just wait. If you think you've heard the last of Jalen Hurts in this episode, you are <laughs> sadly mistaken. <laughs> Nate, why don't you give us yours? All right. I had to go back and take a look at my, my week one roster. I had my, my roster changed quite drastically throughout the season. But, um, Man, where I have so many options here for worst picks, honestly. Huh. Um, <clears throat> I would say the worst pick um, for me was probably Brandon Ayuk for where I took him. It took it took him a while to uh, start panning out. Um, I mean, towards the end of the season, he's come on much stronger. But to start the year, he was <laughs> brutal to have and I I started in week one too and he put up a goose egg didn't even get a target but um I would say he was probably my worst pick my best pick had to be Austin Eckler for I think I got him I forgot where we traded John did I trade to seven or did I trade to eight and were you nine for for this year, uh, for the first round, because I traded with Scott. Do you remember oh, that? So I was, I was eight. Whoops. Okay, so I Joe and then I nine, moved right. And 
Kyle was ten. So you moved right behind. Well, you moved in front. In, in front. front. Yeah. 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 You traded it back. Okay. Because we were texting back and forth before the picks were happening. Right. Like, are you, <laughs> that was are crazy. You, well, I, I won't. I guess it doesn't matter. When we both know who we took, but it was between Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. Yep. And it was insane. I, I since so I was going back and forth between who I wanted to take, and it ultimately came down to who had the bye week in the playoffs. Didn't end up mattering for me at all. Still lost. Um, <laughs> even with Aaron Jones having the bye week and Austin Eckler getting his out of the way, but uh, I took Eckler with my seventh overall, um, and I paired him up with Antonio Gibson, which was kind of a kind of a a tough one for a while. It worked out late, kind of. It did work out late, and I I kind of, yeah, I sold sold him probably a little too quick before it started working in my favor. But just honestly, I'm disappointed with how I exited from the playoffs this year, but I truly feel like I kind of overachieved with this, this team. This team was super up and down, like all year. Yeah. I traded traded Chris Godwin and Darren Waller at one point to Joe for Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's played amazing, but I think we can all Waller agree it's been a bad. kind of kind of overwhelming under underwhelming season for Kelsey compared to last year. But yeah, Waller was Waller was uh, real bad. So I'm glad I got got that done. Golly, though, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my I'm gonna change my answer real quick before we move on. I forgot I drafted Robbie Anderson. Doesn't matter what round he was in. He's bad. So that's my worst draft pick. Oh, another thing. In this, John, I didn't realize this until I went and checked the other day, but I drafted Connor and I dropped him. I dropped three, I think. I dropped him right before week three. Week one, he put up 5.3 points. Week two, he put up 2.6. I dropped him, and then he went 18, 20, 10, 8, 12, 14, 40. <laughs> ah. Yikes. That That's kind of – that reminds me of when uh, Neff offered me Leonard Fournette for some garbage can piece of trash, like T. Higgins or something like that. It was, like, absolutely absurd. Looking back on it, I'm like, why did I not take that? But he hadn't really popped up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to the news. Um, I normally do it, but John, I'm going to spring it upon you to do it because. Well, got to yeah. find the right tab. Um, <laughs> all right. News. Uh, this one, honestly, like, <clears throat> this is crazy. And a guy I work with, he kind of. Like, I won't say he, like, predicted it, but he kind of rose questions about, like, the timing of the documentary. But um, John Madden passed away on my birthday, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. um, at 85. Um, this is, like, <clears throat> I don't know. It It's so weird because, like, I remember that last game that he called. It was the Super Bowl. It was the Steelers and the Cardinals. And, like, we weren't very old then. I think that was 2011, if I'm not mistaken. But that was, like, probably the best Super Bowl that I've ever watched to this point. Like, that was a phenomenal game. Don't look at me like that. Just because the Chiefs won. Like, 
that Cardinals Steelers game was amazing. I don't know if you like. Anyway, so that was the last game he called, and I can remember like just how. Game. Yeah. Yeah. No way! I did not know that. Yeah. So that's cool. I don't know. It it was just he was like a very influential voice of like my childhood, and so. I was super excited for the documentary to come out, but then obviously this is terrible. So, um, yeah, that one's crazy. Like it, the documentary was nice because if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go watch it. Um, it kind of shed some light on like genuinely how nice of a person he was. Like, I feel like I knew him and like, I'm not even like anywhere close to like knowing him at all. So um, yeah, he can relate to people very well. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a one of a kind for sure. In other news, um, as of today, December 29th, every Chiefs player on the 53 man roster passed their COVID test. Very big for the Chiefs. Got a huge game this weekend against the Bengals. Um, Easy money. It should be. We're we're definitely a step above, but. I'm not going to say I don't have concerns. Um, lesser news, the Jags asked permission to interview both Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. That's the offensive and defensive coordinator for Dallas. Uh, real are, quick. Are they done? Sorry, go ahead. Out of those two guys, who do you think would be a better fit for Jacksonville? None of them. I don't know, honestly. I did see I, – I think I saw where Dan Quinn denied the interview. Did he? Yeah, I think I think I saw that this afternoon, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't. I honestly I, don't know that much about Kellen Moore, to be honest. Do you guys? Yeah, he, he was their uh, OC uh, a few years back, and then when their offensive coordinator got let go or he retired, I don't remember. They promoted him, and yeah. he's been obviously he's doing the, well. He's been the quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach ever since he retired from the NFL with the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I personally think Kellen would be a better fit just because, like, he was a really good quarterback in college and he came, like, from Boise State. I only know so much about him because I'm a huge Boise State fan. Um, but Chris Peterson had a phenomenal offensive playbook and Kellen was able to learn it incredibly well. And I think that's translated to Dallas as well. And, like, having a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, I think – could open a lot of doors for Jacksonville. But I also don't know that mm-hmm. Kellen's ready for a head coaching job. So, <clears throat> anyway, not really significant. Probably neither one of them will be the head coach. But No, he's too, uh, he's too young. But, like, what, what are the Jacks doing? They have Eric Bieniemy right there, and they have Brian Leftwich right there. Those two are by far better than both those guys. Yeah, but, like, I feel like it's a death sentence for almost anybody who goes there. Like, you know you're not going to be there long term. I don't know. I think both those guys, they have the the skills to, like, build a culture in Jacksonville, unlike their last coach. But I, I just – I don't get it. They they need to they need to pair Trevor Lawrence with an offensive guy. Do what Arizona did with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, except better. Or do what Andy Reid did with Alex Smith and then Mahomes. Like, there's a reason these teams are good. So do you think there's, like – so, like, with Zach Taylor and the Bengals, like, I know that there's a little bit more of a foundation there than there is yeah. in Jacksonville. But, like, 
he kind of came in and like scrapped like a not historically a very winning franchise. Yeah. Like, do you think that there's a winning playoff team not next year but the year after in Jacksonville? Absolutely. Like, if the right coach comes in, do you think that there's a playoff team there? Uh, yeah, I think so. Fair. Well, I guess I guess with seven teams, it's a little more realistic. Yeah. But no, not next year. I was really excited because I thought they'd be better coached and they were more talented than they were, which is fine. I admit that I lost twenty dollars, but. I don't know. I like their their talent's not very good. I don't understand. I wish I was the GM of the Jacks because they should trade back from the first pick and trade back. They should trade back like four times because they need so many players, but they'll never do it. If you ever get last place in our league, I think that the punishment should be get hashtag trade back tattooed somewhere on your body. Because <laughs> if if you ever had a motto, that would be it. Well, not every team needs to do it, but unfortunately, this is the worst year since probably the Chiefs had the number one pick to have the number one pick. So, yeah. Sorry. We can... uh, I don't think we've talked about the Jags that much all year. <laughs> What's there to talk about? I really haven't watched like Trevor Lawrence at all. <laughs> he doesn't look bad. The offense just looks like a broken. It looks like a car without wheels. You have to push it down the hill. It's hard to give him a fair assessment. I think they had. I don't want to cast time. any blame on Trevor Lawrence, but I he hasn't been super impressive from what I've watched. I mean, kind of the same with Zach Wilson. It's like they don't look great, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I form my opinion just off of this year and those teams. I think Zach Wilson has improved yeah. more lately. I think, I think he was much more impressive in that Jets Jags game than Trevor was. I was way more impressed by the throws that he was making. Yeah, because they actually built the offense around the skill set. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done. done. (laughs) Uh, This one was crazy, and there's no relevance to it, but I didn't know that he was still in the league. Matt Barkley was released by the Panthers. Oh, man. Golf club. That is the name. Oh, that's a story in itself, is the quarterback situation in in Carolina. (laughs) They may be be the hottest mess of a franchase right now. Yeah, their GMs in it. With Matt Rule, their GM, their quarterback situation, like Christian McCaffrey's health. Do you think Matt Rule could get fired next year? Yes. He's on a seven year contract? Yeah. I don't He'll be going into the third year? No. I don't think he deserves it. How good was he? Was he really that good at Baylor? Like, how good was he and for how long was he good? That's a couple of good questions that I don't know the answer to. I mean, well, I, none of us are really college football guys, but I mean, yeah. they got like top three in the Big Twelve, like for like two or three years running. Well, they Baylor, who who's historically doesn't win the Big Twelve. Yeah, I don't know. Baylor, like they're always like a, they're not always a decent program, but like I feel like if Baylor's relevant, they're really good. Mm-hmm. There, there's never like a. They finished ranked seventeenth in the country season, and he, he was the one that brought him out of the death, uh, the death wish with uh, Mark mm. Riles or whatever his name was. Yeah, that whole thing yeah. in town. So, uh. um, I don't know. That, that there's, I think I would rather be on the Jets, Giants, or Jags than Carolina right now. To be honest, Ooh. not the Jets. They're a thick mess. I mean, at least, like, the Jets, Jags, Giants are, like, in a rebuild. 
Like the Carolina's like talented enough. We're like, like they started yeah. off like four and one or something, right? Four and, and like they thought they were contenders. Yeah, and then I mean they just like what are they? Then they lost. They're horrible. <laughs> the Dolphins. What's crazier, the Dolphins having a seven-game win streak and lose streak, or the Panthers start and finish? The Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins. That's that's insane. That's so but impressive. I, like nobody was like screaming it from the mountaintops, but like everybody knew the Dolphins were better than what they were playing. Like yeah, but every everybody thought like oh they got to draft a quarterback, they're gonna trade for Deshaun Watson, but now they don't. They still need to. Two a time. I still will. Uh, Ryan Flores is a great coach. I love Ryan Flores. All right. Uh, Drew Locke is going to start this week with Teddy Bridgewater sitting out due to a concussion. There's your daily Mizzou news of uh, the week. Bet, uh, bet against the Broncos this week. Not a bad bet. Aaron Rodgers, uh, so he told today he's not going to rule out retirement after this year. Is this news, or do you think Aaron Rodgers is just another smoke screen? Oh, that's smoke. I, I mean, also think it's smoke. I mean, every that's Friday, smoke. I think about retiring from my job, so I don't blame him. <laughs> hmm. uh, all right. Lamar is seen, air quotes, practicing. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I put that in there because a video came out of Lamar Jackson at practice. He was limited, and he was doing, like, one, like, one-on-one drills, like, in the sand. And it saw him, like, doing, it like, a step back, like, throwing the ball and then walking like to the next spot and Jar Hop, John Harbaugh was right next to him and at a walking pace he it looked like he was like sprinting compared to Lamar. Like the dude is out for the year. Unless he just tries to play through it next week. He's not playing this week. And he's he, actually making he was making an audition video for Survivor. That's actually what that was. That's it. Okay, uh, moving on, we're going to run through <coughs> the playoff picture. Um, for the AFC, the Chiefs are actually the only team who have clinched right now. Shocker. Um, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, so they can clinch the number one seed and home field advantage this week. They need to win, and the Titans need to lose or tie. Or if the Chiefs tie, the Titans have to lose. The teams who can clinch this week, Tennessee, New England, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis. For the NFC, we've got the Cowboys, Packers, Buccaneers, Cardinals, and Rams clinched, and the Eagles and 49ers can clinch this week. But apparently we're not really worried about anybody outside the top two. So, right. there you go. The Titans are frauds. And the Titans play the Dolphins. That's going to be an insane game. The Dolphins are winning. Lock of the week, potentially? No. Nope. Would you lock that? Huh? I don't. I don't. Mm. That's an interesting one. I want to see that line, honestly. Yeah, I need to see what the line is first, actually. (laughs) But. Guesses, real quick? Of what it, like, what the number is. Where is it? Who do you think's favored? Who do you think's favored? Wait, is it home or away? Titans are home. So, yes, Uh, Titans Titans are favored. Two and a half. One and a half. Three and a half. Titans, three and a half. Oh, give me the Dolphins, three and a half all day. I mean, I like the Dolphins. 
I kind of think I might do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the. We're manifesting something. Let's go to the NFC or the the conference with a bunch of good teams but not elite teams because there's only one, John. Pardon? I said let's go to the NFC because there's only good teams, not elite teams. Because there's only one elite team, and that's the Chiefs. I already went to the NFC. Oh, you did? Oh, where was I? Yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll cut it out. <laughs> no, we won't. Because no, we won't. No, we're gonna I, we're gonna start the. We'll do it live. We're doing it live. We're we're doing a like award show basically for the last part. Um, so we're gonna start out with my personal favorite, the, the best Dundies. podcast, the best app to record a podcast with. I would I'm say Anchor, A N C H O R. That is Anchor. Let's take a break and we'll Anchor. come back with the real awards soon. Uh, welcome back to the much belabored down in the dirt Layton. Um good good ad good ad John. I appreciate it. Um, so uh we have our awards to give out. I wish I was feeling good because I was talking about I was like thinking like what to say. I was gonna be all hyped. None of that's really happening right now. I thought about what to say and I'm just trying to get the next word out. So let's start with the MVP of the fantasy football season, the most valuable player for you newbies. John, you're on top of the list. Start it off. So this one took all of a tenth of a second for me to think of. Um, <coughs> I think everybody could probably guess. And we're going to cover both of those names. Mine, however, was Cooper Cup. Um, that was for several reasons, one of them being that he's probably going to break Calvin Johnson's record. The second being that he was drafted in the with an extra game, fifth round, I think, right? Fifth round. Yeah. Um, and also just like, not that he had a bad year last year, but like, it is quite insurmountable how much better he is this year than he was last year. And he just so happens to be on Neff's team, and he just so happens is going to win. So that's right. MVP. Right answer. Could have gone with either of them. But for what Cooper Cup's doing this year, I think it's just remarkable. He's been honestly like unguardable. Like nobody has been able to slow him down. And it's been awesome. Whoever owns Cooper Cup, uh, you guys were the smartest ones in the room. Yeah. That's, uh, that's true. Um, so I'm going to go with the other obvious guy. Uh, I'm going to pick Jonathan Taylor. When I played him in the regular season, the one time, dropped 50 on me. So I might be a little biased from that standpoint. He's very good at football. Chiefs could have had him, but no. There we it drafted, is. We drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's hurt again. Shocker. What happens when you draft somebody who's as it's, tall as my knees? It was probably because he was so hyped whenever he scored that touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got in the end zone. Jonathan Taylor's been doing it every week. Like, yeah. yeah. So, Jonathan Taylor, if he's not the number one pick in your fantasy league next year, please invite me to that league. 
I would love to – you can give me any pick just if that happens. Going on to our next category, the best value draft pick. I, uh, I went ahead and put a duplicate down for this one. Um, I took Cooper Cup. Just mentioned he was drafted in the fifth round, and I don't think anybody predicted this from him. I think if anybody thought that there would be like a breakout – it would be Robert Woods, in my opinion, on the Rams roster. And then Tyler Higby also was <clears throat> definitely one of those guys at the beginning of the year, like Leighton talked about a little bit. There was a lot of hype around him and probably had a lot to do with TJ Hawkinson and like the usage of tight ends um, previously with Matt Stafford. But, yep, definitely the best value draft pick was Cooper Cup. Leighton, uh, who's your best value? Well, this is obvious. I've been pounding the drum longer than the Chiefs have with their stadium. And that is the best quarterback in fantasy football. Just kidding. But, well, not really. Jalen Hurts, baby. I got Jalen Hurts in the – what round was that? I got him in the 10th round. Thank you, John. Or, no, the 9th round. And I, I kind of reached for him. But – I I had a feeling. I went with my gut. The only guy that I think went close to it or around there is a Tom Brady. He was also very good, but Jalen Hurts was just so consistent. I think for like the first eight or nine weeks, he had 20 points. You know, he never like won you a week, but he never lost a week because Jalen Hurts. So I would definitely put him as my best value draft pick, not only for myself, but for everybody that took my advice. Um, Nate, who's your best value draft pick? Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yes? Okay. Yes. All right. Sorry for the technical difficulties. It's COVID. My best value draft pick is Debo Samuel. I Honestly, my ESPN app is not really working right now, so I can't I would have gotten that. But he was, I think, a few rounds after Brandon Ayuk, if I'm not mistaken. Can you guys confirm you got, that? You got drafted in the ninth that? round of our league. And he was after Brandon Ayuk. Okay. And I think that was pretty consistent for the most part. Yes. In the, he's either wide receiver two or three on the season, I want to say. And he, we've seen him in the backfield for San Francisco a little bit more uh, in recent weeks, but he's been super productive. Um, Debo Samuel, 25 or 26 years old. He's a value draft pick for this season. Definitely keep an eye on him for next season. For sure. Um, now we're going to our favorite category, the biggest bust in fantasy. John, I think it'd be a nice segue from Debo Samuel to talk about this guy, big guy Brandon Ayuk. Um, talk about probably the biggest failure in the first half of the season. Nate, I mean, this probably hit closer to your heart. I had him in a league, but it wasn't as vital. Um, how often did he like actually play over fifty percent of the snaps in the first half of the season? Like maybe four, four times, half the games. I- yeah, I mean, the the trend that I saw after, like, three weeks was, like, it made me want to drop after four weeks. Like, he was 
taking on like almost wide receiver like four or five responsibilities for them. Yeah. I think he wasn't getting any targets. It was it was bad. Fun fact, I actually did try to trade for Brandon Ayuk from Nate, like close to the deadline, I think. Uh maybe a couple of weeks before the deadline. We were talking about it a little bit. <laughs> and he was like, at this point I just gotta write it out <laughs> for better or for worse. Which yeah. I understand. But <laughs> yeah, Brandon Ayuk he could be an interesting like super deep value pick like spoiler alert next season like you might be able to get him late <coughs> late late anyway good for that yeah mm-hmm. also i didn't want to kind of jump in here really quick because we're talking about the 49ers i did look this up you should still be in on Debo samuel next year because why nate contract year it's a contract year baby all right moving on nate who's your biggest yeah. bust fantasy so this isn't nearly as big of a bust as brandon Ayuk was for position um for finishing the season but i think for where he was getting drafted i'm gonna say dk metcalf was my biggest bust in fantasy i think this goes for a lot of offensive talented players in seattle for this year i mean russell wilson got hurt for a good stretch of time um, Tyler Lockett honestly was able to weather the storm. I feel like uh, he's he's continued to be his his boomer bust self. But DK Metcalf has honestly been non-existent for some of these games and some of these parts of the season. His average draft position for 2021 was wide receiver five, and I, there were times when I saw him go earlier than that as well. And he's currently wide receiver 21 through week 16, which is pretty considerable slide in my opinion. I mean, he's behind folks like Jalen, Jalen Waddle, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit, who you could have gotten much later. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. Quick question, just a yes or no answer. If Russell Wilson comes back next year, do you draft Tyler Lockett before you draft DK Metcalf? No. No, no. Okay. No. Uh, if you're asking me which one I'd rather have based on draft value, it would be Lockett. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, uh, I think that's a better answer. It may, oh, just one more thing on DK Metcalf. I was like going through DK Twitter. I think he was trending one time, and it was after their Bears game, I believe. And you know how I can't even remember what company does this, but they were throwing like. I saw the other day it was showing like Mahomes like throwing chart like against the Chargers where he was like completely accurate like 15 yards and more in that game. I don't even I cannot remember who was tracking it, but they did it for DK Metcalf and it was just showing like how poorly Seattle is using him. Yeah. And the only routes he runs is go a route. slant and a go route <laughs> and a screen route sometimes. <laughs> And that, that's all he does. I mean, we've seen him run much, much more impressive routes than that. I think he's completely underutilized. I, and for that reason, it's like, I don't know. I think he's more talented than Tyler Lockett for your question. And it's just like you want to hope and believe that they're going to figure out what to do with that kid. Because he is – he should be used much better. Let me be all draft nerd on you for 30 seconds. 
You know what his biggest knock coming out of college was? Was it lateral? Lateral quickness? Can't run routes. In college, all, oh, really? all he ran was slant and go routes in college. So, not saying he hasn't gotten better. I'm just saying maybe some of that is coming to fruition. You never know. It's just something to it's true. keep in. That's true. Uh, trade for the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, my biggest bust in fantasy this year was COVID. Ruined everything. But when it comes to an actual player, I did have somebody else, but I switched it because I remembered this guy. Terry McLaurin has been terrible. Like, you've gotten two or three, like, great, amazing games out of him. The rest of the time, he's been non-existent. Granted, we were anticipating Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Terry McLaurin has been a huge bust. So, uh, moving on yeah. to the best rookie. That one's kind of gone under the radar for me. I didn't really realize that. Oh, he's been so bad. Like, if they get a good quarterback this year, he's going to be a steal next year. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All right, going on to the best rookie in fantasy. Uh, John, you look like you're doing some hard math. Can I go to you for uh, for what you're preaching over there? Uh, not a lot of hard math, just distractions. Um, best rookie in fantasy this year. I don't think this should come as any surprise. Um, I'll start bragging on my guy coming into this year, Najee Harris. <clears throat> and he was the best rookie in fantasy simply because of the position that he plays. I'd say that. Uh, Jamar Chase definitely made it a contest because of how influential he probably was for your team mid midway through the season. Uh, but he definitely fell off towards the end of the year. wasn't wasn't nearly the same guy. He had a had a touchdown stretch there for a while. I think it was like six or seven games. I want to say, which is really impressive for a rookie. So great things to come from him and Joe Burrow. But. In my opinion, Najee Harris is like a top three pick next year. So, I don't Ooh. know how you can't be the MVP. Or best rookie, I guess. Is I would agree with that. Nate? Hey. What's you up? Have? You want me to go? Yeah. Um, I have Bottle, who I just named <clears throat> dropped a second ago. But he's... He's good at football. He is. He's very good at football. He's right now... Wide receiver 11 on the season. As a rookie in Miami who has seen a couple different quarterbacks, he's seen Tua and Jacoby Brissett go back and forth there for a while, but he's really settled in. Um, he's averaging 16 points per game and is getting just a boatload of receptions and targets along the way. I mean, he is he is PPR god right now, I think, honestly. He's he's been incredible though, and he's he's getting a few touchdowns here and there. But he honestly shattered my expectations for what I thought he was going to be going going into Miami and in that wide receiver room. I think that where the targets were going to go was it Devonte Parker, was it Will Fuller? Will Fuller excuse me, not Willie Sneed. Uh, Will Fuller, um, all those guys. Seemed like there were a lot of, a lot of mouths to feed, but Jalen Waddles, wide receiver one for sure there. Yeah, so obviously I'm a huge draft nerd. A lot of teams had Jalen Waddle, like draft grade higher than Jamar Chase, and that like took a lot of people by surprise on like Twitter and other things. But just kind of showing what he did, 
Um, but yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, I believe, are both not on the team next year. They're not on the contract. So if they don't bring anybody significant in, that could be, I don't want to say a sneaky, like, top guy because he's already good, but something to keep an eye on. My guy's Jamar Chase. Um, he's great. The only downside is he has a lot of target or he has a lot of other people taking targets away. I kind of wanted to move on and ask you guys, because in the past, like before last year, I feel like nobody wanted to draft rookie wide receivers because they didn't do as well as their ADP. They didn't finish that high. But Justin Jefferson last year and Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase this year, do you think that's like a yeah, Brown, don't forget. Was, was that last year or three years ago, though? Three years ago, but he okay. was kind of the first in the pack. Right. No, you're right. I, I For some reason, <laughs> I, I feel like he's been in the league forever since. He was a late-season bloomer in his rookie year, to be right. fair. Um, do you think this is like a trend that's like changed? Or is this just like some really good players? In one I'd say it's just been a talent stretch is all okay. I, I think it is. Like, I, I don't think – I mean, like, people still put their pants on the same way every day when they wake up in the morning. It's not like something crazy has happened and all of a sudden we've just got all these. I, I think it's just been a, a healthy story. Okay. Um, moving on to my personal favorite award, the Going Into Retirement Award. This does not mean they are retiring themselves, per se, but in each of our heads, this is who we are retired and not drafting anymore. So, Nate, why don't you start us off with your uh, soon-to-be oh, retiree? All right. Uh, uh, retiree for me is Raheem Mostert, a name we haven't really talked about uh, <coughs> a long time now. Um, so he was kind of somebody that I was definitely keeping an eye on going into this draft. Um I mean, it was he's missed a lot of last season due to injury, and I thought with that time he was going to heal up and come back whole again. Um, but he was not. Did he play one snap this season, and then he got hurt again? It was something like I, crazy like that. He had, Maybe like he the had first time he touched the ball. Or like, yeah, I think that's what it was. It was he had one rush this season <laughs> and got hurt on the play, and he's out. I mean, Raheem Mostert is – I want to say he's like 32 or something. They're going to be um, – he's pretty old, nearing the end of his running back career. Um, might be time for him to hang it up or at least uh, enter fantasy irrelevancy he's going 29. forward. Going to be 30. Yep. John? So, for my pick, this one's – pretty sad but julio jones um it's just tough it, it's it's tough to say it's the end of an era i can remember when julio was drafted and it's like this is i don't know this is kind of a first for me where it's like we're rolling around to the period where nfl players are starting to retire that i remember being drafted and that's very difficult for me to to cope with <laughs> just it just shows how old that we're getting yeah, I agree. Um, I remember that draft pretty well. Yeah, I do too. That was like the first vivid one that I remember for sure. So um, I would disagree with the statement that I wouldn't draft Julio Jones anymore because I still would. Um, it would just have to be like a 
round pick. Super, super late next year. He might be there. He'll, he's a free agent, right? I don't think so. No? I will find that out as I'm talking about my retiree, Adam Thielen. Um, so this is kind of also like John. I wouldn't take him off my draft board completely, but John stole mine because I would take Julio Jones off my draft board completely. Uh, no, he has two more years under contract. Good grief. He Good is getting – he's getting – Bag cut. secured. He's getting hashtag cut maybe this offseason. So um, glad the Chiefs didn't trade for him. I didn't want them to. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so – I'm picking Adam Thielen just because this year, whenever he's played, he's been good, but he's still the same guy. He's touchdown dependent. Um, He gets hurt quite often, and I honestly think they might make a quarterback change this year. Maybe. Might be an under-the-radar thing they might be trying to do, like trade him somewhere else. Um, And Justin Jefferson's there only getting better, so that's just kind of why I'm going with Adam Thielen. So... The penultimate award, the most improved fantasy football player. Um, I'll start us out because it's Jalen Hurts because he's a stud. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's actually – well, I'm not. But I picked Justin Fields, um, and I looked at this, like, just throughout the season. And just over the course of the year, like the past five or six weeks, he's been playing pretty well when he started – and he's finished the game. I think I, I read somewhere where he's been a top 10 or 12 quarterback when he's played and finished in the past five or six weeks. So definitely something to keep an eye on for next year. Probably the new coach. Uh, pass on over to John. So my most improved for this year, uh, it's a repeat award for this player, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> um I don't know where he finished last year. I want to say he squeaked into the top 10 last year. Yeah, he did. I think he's like nine. Yeah. So, obviously up to number one. Would have been number two if Derrick Henry would have stayed healthy. But he still had a phenomenal season. And I honestly only think he's going to get better. Like, I kind of see Jonathan Taylor as like a Derrick Henry Jr., in my opinion. So, we'll see how that plays out. Nate. Yep. Most improved. Most improved, buddy. All right. Okay. Sorry, I think my audio is lagged behind. Um, I'm going to take Justin Herbert with my most improved. I think um, it's pretty easy to say he has taken another step forward in his young career as a quarterback so far. As much as it pains me to say that, I honestly – I really, truly hate that he has to be in the AFC West because he is so nice with it. He is so good, and it is annoying to me. And it's definitely annoying to me um, how much people are talking about him, even though he's not an AFC West champion yet. Um, hasn't made the playoffs yet. It's okay. Hasn't made the playoffs yet. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure he'll probably maybe maybe have a winning season some year. Still got two two L's coming his way. But, um, but yeah, Justin Herbert, um, he's uh, quarterback two on the year right now for fantasy. Um that may be in a six-point-per-touchdown league, actually. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. But he's been good. super impressive. I think I was skeptical of Justin Herbert coming into this year. I really wasn't sure if he could take I, – I wasn't sure if he could get any better from last year. And, like, 
I was foolish to believe that because their team was not that good last year. They had a bad offensive line. Um, they were not super well coached. And I kind of do believe in uh, Staley now. Yeah, I think I think that forced to be reckoned with going forward. I think Herbert will be Seedem's MVP in the future. A fantasy or in real life? In real life. No. I could see him winning one. I could see it. I don't don't think it will happen. If I was betting, I'd bet no. That would probably mean that he'd have to win the AFC West, which, like, I'm sure we'll lose it at some point, but. Yeah. I, yeah. There's just – he's kind of in an awkward time where it's, like, he's younger than Mahomes, <clears throat> Lamar, and all these, like, not as young but new guys. Um, obviously, you still have, like, Aaron Rodgers and all of them. But then you also have these run- young quarterbacks that are pretty good, like, are supposed to be – projected to be good, like Zach Wilson, Lawrence, um, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. Like, those guys are also in there with him. David Mills. Davis Mills. and Davis. And uh, then not next year, but the year after, you have, like, Bryce Young coming in. I just see – I just think the path for him to to win it is harder than it is for other quarterbacks on different situations. So, that's just – might be so. Might, might be true. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping so. Honorable mention: We all thought we were going to pick Cordell Patterson, but none of us did. So, I'm giving him the real trophy for most improved. What a great waiver wire pickup! Nobody drafted him. Don't lie to me. Um, all right, moving on. To my favorite section, or the last section, I should say, best call of the season. We're in our. This is our takes. We stood by it, and we were right. Nate, start us off. Uh, This one was – it wasn't super major for me, honestly, or, like, in the grand scheme of things. Like, he was a first-rounder, and I got him in the first round. Uh, It was Austin Eckler. It was just – I traded back to get him at a spot where I thought he was was, uh, worth it. So, I – I got Austin Eckler at seven. He's running back two on the year right now. Um, felt like that was a pretty good call. Kind of kind of hurt me at the wrong time, though. Still a good call. Unfortunately. Though. Still a good call. So, all year long, I was pounding the table on Najee Harris. I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, so I'm not going to dwell on it for very long. Um, he had the volume. It's basically what I predicted. I will actually be interested at the end of the year to compare his stats to Saquon's his rookie season to see, because that was my comp whenever I kind of, I laid out that like 10 minute argument for you guys. And at the end of it, I remember both of you were like, okay, I actually buy in a little bit now. (laughs) Uh, So I will go back and look at that. Maybe um, in our next episode, we'll revisit that and see how close it actually was. But Uh, my best call the season is Lamar Jackson is a running back. Still can't throw. Clearly, when they've had a backup and a third string in, the Ravens' offense is not much worse. So, I'm just saying, he's in a good system. 
but if I'm being serious, I'd probably pick Jalen Hurts, but that's very boring to pick again. So I picked Justin Jefferson because I drafted him in the third round, and I was that's the guy I was like targeting every third round in every draft because I was like this this guy's gonna be I don't know if he he was statistically better, but I was like this guy's gonna somehow be more consistent last year than last year, and I think that's definitely the case. He he balled from the beginning and was definitely a stone pillar of my team. So that that was my my take uh, for sure. I, I love Justin Jefferson. Uh, we were so busy over the break that we forgot to secure our locks of the <laughs> locks of the week. I know mine, but let's just let's just oh, read no. off our four. Right. We can do that. Do you guys want to take responsibility? Do you guys want to take responsibility for any particular one? Uh, not really. I like them all. Give me the Rams if I have to pick one. All right. It was it. It was kind of a joint effort, but so. The chumps locks of the week. We went with four. Um, there were too many, too many opportunities out there. We have the Rams minus three at home. Right? On the road. They're playing Baltimore. Are they playing, the they're playing the Ravens on the road? Right. Yep. Yeah, they're playing Baltimore. Yeah. Playing Baltimore. Okay. Love that game. Uh, Chargers minus six against the Broncos at home. Chiefs, yep, at home. We took the Chiefs and we bought some points here. Um, Chiefs minus three versus the Bengals in Cincinnati. And then we've got the Dolphins underdog money line um, against Tennessee. Which one are you guys most confident in? Uh, Of that list, Chiefs minus three is like, you put your mortgage on it. I think I'm with you. That's definitely the easiest, but I'm just going to re-emphasize the confidence in my Dolphins because it's a must-win game for them. The Titans haven't been so hot. Could be a game. They it's a must-win game for the Titans too. Uh, not necessarily. They they are basically I mean, if, they, if they want to stay in the yeah if they want to stay in the one seed conversation they need to win out and they need the Chiefs to lose one. Yeah. So I mean they're definitely going to be playing for something too. It's going to be a really good game. That's true, but they're basically almost guaranteed to make the playoffs, so it's right. a lot of crazy stuff after it has to go along. So I, I think the Dolphins are going with a little bit more mojo. All right. Two things that I realized I missed in the news that I wanted to cover real quick. Sure. One for our closeted Colts fan, Ethan. Uh, the char- the Colts are calling Philip Rivers to see if he wants to fill in for Carson Wentz this week. I don't think it's going to happen since Please it's already happen. so late. Second thing is the Saints contacted Drew Brees to come back and play, and he sent them a selfie on the golf course. If that's not legendary, I don't know what is. Awesome. Drew, Drew Brees, he, he got rattled with injuries in his career. He, he's so dead. Um, but, yeah, all right, on that note, thank you guys so much for joining us this season. Um, we'll probably send out another uh, podcast during maybe a week or two after the season ends just to – Maybe early projection for next year, but join us for that. But until then, good luck in your championships and uh, keep keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Thanks, guys. Thanks.